trying to get this technical situation set up here isn't God good falling in love with Jesus that's a foreign idea for most people falling in love with Jesus we used to falling in love with somebody we can see somebody we can touch somebody we can hug we can't see Jesus but how many here that can't see Jesus know Jesus is real raise you Jesus is real the invisible God Jesus is more real than me and you all I see is flesh but Jesus is real and Jesus on the inside working on the outside what brought about a change in our lives amen praise God while you're standing let's just have a word of prayer Father we're just so thankful Lord we're thankful to call you Lord you are our master we're thankful to call you Jesus because you're our savior we're thankful God for waking us to see a new day we're thankful Lord for how you blessed us you blessed us with a measure of a measure of strength and a measure of health in our bodies the use of our limbs we have the use of our minds. We have sound minds and we find ourselves that our minds led us to the house of prayer this morning. And for that, we're thankful. We're thankful because we know you, Lord. We're thankful because we recognize how good you've been to us. We're thankful, Father, for, for saving us. We're thankful for the cross. You saved our souls from hell and death. We're thankful, Father, you suffered in our stead. It should have been me on the cross. But you said, no, I'll go. And you showed us your love. Your love, unconditional. You don't love us because we're so good. You don't love us because we're handsome or beautiful. You don't love us because we're smart. You just love. You look beyond our faults. You look beyond our, our looks. You look beyond our attitudes all our warts all our failures and you saw our needs oh God we thank you we thank you Lord oh we love you today as best we know how Lord bless your word to the hearts of your people here in the sanctuary on Facebook and on Zoom God bless bless deliver set free save somebody this afternoon God we thank you and we praise you and we ask this in Jesus name Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 You may be seated. I'm going to do this. Yeah, maybe there I can do it from there, I guess. Praise God. This afternoon. (laughs) 
try to get it where you can hear me and where I can see at the same time. You saw brother, brother Mark is up. He's trying to keep his face in front of the mic and try to raise his hands in the page at the same time. It's difficult. So we just thank God. God is good, isn't he? God is good all the time. God is good and even when things are going bad. God is good. Oh, yeah. So today we're going to be looking at a few verses of Scripture in the 119th Psalm. The 119th Psalm is the longest chapter in the Bible. 176 verses. 22 segments of 8 verses. Each 8 verse segment representing one letter of the Hebrew alphabet. In the Hebrew language, every first word of every of every verse is uh has that letter so in other words if you had in our alphabet is a through z they have alpha aleph i should say is their first letter on and so on and so forth but they only have 22 letters but each eight verse stanza starts with that letter in the hebrew it doesn't start with that letter in our language but it does in hebrew uh so if you want to go and learn hebrew you'll you'll see that uh, but I don't think anybody here is interested in that. That was just FYI, just just a little trivia there. But the lesson for this afternoon, exalt the Lord and his holy word. I'm going to be taking eight verses out of that 119th Psalm, verses 33 through 40. As far as letters, it's the fifth one. Our fifth letter is E in our alphabet. The fifth letter in Hebrew is He, H-E, He. Say He. Amen. Exalt the Lord and his holy word. I want to show you something about the word of God this afternoon. I want to show you something that you may not. Most people probably have never even thought of. And how important it is. You're going to see how important it is. But 119 Psalm verse 89 says forever. O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Amen. So. The word of God is settled in heaven. And the first word of that says forever. Now, what does forever mean? Well, what it means in the Hebrew, it means beyond the vanishing point. That means as far as you can see, as far as you can think, as far as you can go, and beyond that, forever. Time-wise, that means you're in eternity because there's no time in eternity. So he says forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven, it's settled in heaven. It's, it's in stone in heaven. What does that mean for us? Well, this is what I like to say. I say, yeah, his word is settled in heaven. I want to see his word settled down here on earth. I want to see his word settled in me, in my heart. Amen? I want to make sure you're awake in here. Okay, so the 119th Psalm. The theme of the Psalm of that 176 verses is the word of God is exalted. In every verse that we're going to read in these eight verses, there is a word that represents the scripture. When we think about the scripture, we think we call it the word of God, right? Well, there are different words for that idea. And every verse that we're going to look at has an idea for scripture representing the word of God. And when I, what I want you to do, I, I, I want two things I want you to understand as we read these verses. The first thing is that the word of God is given the same weight as the name of God. 
I don't know if you ever heard that before. But the word of God is given the same weight as the name of God. Well, we know that's pretty heavy because the Bible tells us that God has highly exalted him. I think this is in Philippians 2, 9 and has given him what? A name that is above every name. So if the name of, of Jesus is above every name and the word of God is at the same weight as the name of God, that means the word of God is pretty powerful. Don't you think so? Because when we pray, what is it? What is it we pray? We say in the name of Jesus, because there's authority in the name of Jesus. So if we say there's authority in the name of Jesus, guess what? The word of God has the same weight. That's something to think about that. It behooves us to do what? To search the scriptures. Amen. So the first thing I want you to know is that the word of God has the same weight as the name of God. The second thing I want you to know, though, is that the more we know God's word, the more we know Jesus. And the more we know Jesus, the more we know his father. So if you really want to know God, you really need to know his son. Amen. Amen. Wake me up here. Wake up. So Psalm 138 verse 2 says, for you have magnified your word together with your name. So they are magnified together. They're like twins. Does that make any sense to you? It should make sense because what you're talking about, Jesus is what? He's the living word. And the word of God that we read is the written word. The written word came from the spoken word. So we're all talking about the same thing here. When you talk about the word of God, you're talking about Jesus. Amen. John 14, 6. Look at, listen to this. John 14, 6. We all know this. He says, I am what? The way. And I, he said, I am the truth. But wait a minute. In, in John 17, 17, he says, he says, thy word is truth. Wait a minute. He just said, I'm the truth. But he also says the word is truth. So he's the truth and the word is truth because they're the same. Jesus is the living word and we have the written word. What a blessing. What a blessing. And it's a good. So, so you see why it's so important for us to recognize and to be thankful for the word of God that we can worship. We're here in a sanctuary and we can worship all we want. And nobody's going to come after us, chase us out of here and put us in jail, kill us. There are countries that you go to. You can't go to these countries and say, I'm a Christian. So we're thankful. So the, so the first thing is that the word of God has the same weight as the name of God. Look at Matthew eleven twenty nine. It says, Jesus says this about the word of God. He says, all you that, that, that labor and are heavy burden, uh, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy burden, and uh, I will give you what? Rest. Then he says, take my yoke upon me and what? Upon you and learn of me. So he says, learn of me. He didn't say go learn the Bible. He could have said learn the word, but he said learn of me. And remember, this is all back to our, our uh, uh, power hour this morning. God wants what? Relationship with us. Learn of me. He wants you to learn of who he is and what he wants for you because he wants you close to him. See that woman right there? I want her not too far away from me. I don't not know. No, you know, I you know, no, because we have relationship. God wants relationship with us. John 5:39 says he was talking to the religious leaders. He says you do search the scriptures because what? You in them you think you have eternal life. But guess what? Those scriptures that you're searching testify of me. That's what Jesus told them. Hebrews 10 and 7. He says, look, 
or behold, your, 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 your King James may say, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. So the word of God testifies of Jesus Christ. So we're going to look at uh, these eight verses. And as we read those eight verses, there are three things I want you to see. I'm going to show you some. <clears throat> the first thing is that word, that word for that scripture word for 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 I'm trying to say the scripture that we're reading there is a word in every verse for the word of God it means the holy scripture okay so I'm going to show you what word that is the second thing is the the psalmist the writer of this psalm has a request in every verse and in every verse there is an outcome to the request amen so those are the three things we're going to look at as we look at these eight verses the first verse, verse 33, says, teach me your decrees, O Lord. I will keep them to the end. So he says, teach me your decrees. So the, the, the word for the scripture here is decrees. That word for decrees means boundaries. It means boundaries. Remember what God said in Job uh, 1.10. He says, Job had a protective hedge around him. That was a boundary. And you notice that devil couldn't get into Job. He couldn't touch Job until God did what? Took away the boundary. So what? We need boundaries as saints. Boundaries do two, two or three different things. First of all, they keep you protected. As long as you stay in the boundaries, you're protected from outsiders. You're protected from invasion. You're protected. Your home is, has a boundary. It's called the wall. It's called the roof. And those boundaries keep what? The weather out, keeps the bugs out, it keeps invaders out. The coyotes, we had coyotes behind the house, keeps the coyotes and the rabbits and the squirrels out of your house. The, those are boundaries. It keeps you protected from outsiders. It also keeps you taken care of while you're inside. Because God takes care of you in the boundary. He's your provider in the boundary. He's your healer in the boundary. He's your peace while you're in the boundary. While you're in, the, in that circle of protection, God is with you. And in that boundary, you have perfect peace. Why? Because in his presence is perfect peace. He says they will, he will keep them in perfect peace. What? Whose mind is stayed on them for he trusts in them. So he's our peace. So all those things are in that word decree. It's your boundary. It's your place of protection. It's also your restraint. It also keeps you from going outside and doing something you shouldn't do. If you stay in the boundary. Because there's certain things you're not supposed to do. The word of God tells you these are things you can do. And these are things you don't do. But for one thing, we don't do the things we don't want. He doesn't want us to do. So we don't want to not please our father. That's the first thing. The second thing is that there are certain things we are not supposed to do because they are harmful. We'll find ourselves in enemy territory when we go outside the boundaries. Why is that dangerous? Because the Bible says that the enemy, like a roaring, like a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. And the ones he is going to devour are the ones that went outside the boundaries. They're the ones that went outside that protective hedge when they weren't supposed to. Amen. So the next, the next verse is verse 34 says, oh, I didn't finish this, did I? So, so his request was to do what? Teach me, Lord, teach me your decrees. Teach me the boundaries. 
teach me the restraining, the restraining forces. Teach me your word and show me what pleases you and what doesn't please you. Show me what was, is going to be harmful to me and those things that are help me. Teach me. That was his request. And the outcome, he says, and I will keep them. You teach me, Lord, and I'll keep them. You teach me, Lord, and I'll do what your word says. All right. So the next one, 34 says, give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. So the word for for scripture here is instruction. That word for instruction is actually commandments. That's where we get the word Torah. You've heard of the 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 the, 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 the the Israel, the, the Jewish uh, holy book is called the Torah. And the, from there, they got, this is where they got the Ten Commandments. And so the, instru- the instructions come from directly from the Ten Commandments. Now, the good thing and interesting thing about the Ten Commandments is that the Ten Commandments were not placed there so that God said, okay, if I put these here and they read them, they're going to do them. God knew they weren't going to do them. So what the Ten Commandments were de- was designed to do was to drive us to Christ. So I, I give me understanding. Give me understanding that I need help. Give me understanding that I can't keep this law. I can't come up to the standard of holiness which God has decided that we have to reach. How do I reach something I can't reach? I need help. And so we have understanding of his instructions. So the request was Give me understanding and the result I will obey. So in this wonderful how this is designed. So the next one, verse 34, uh, 35, make me walk along the path of your commands for that is where my happiness is found. So the word here for scripture is commands and that word means obligation. It means duty. And if you remember the uh, Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes written by Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, he's the one that had all, he was the richest man of his time. He had money to spend, money to splurge. He partied like a rock star. He, he sought to find as much wisdom as he could. He sought to find, he says, the reading of books, there's no end. So he sought after knowledge and all the things that he sought. And he says, these are things, what, under the sun. So all this was from man's perspective. That's the whole book of Ecclesiastes is man's livelihood and uh, under the sun, he calls it. And after he did all those things in the last chapter, in the last couple of verses of the chapter, he says, here now is the conclusion of the matter. After he had decided, after he had tried everything. And see, this is the thing about us. We try everything but God. We try everything that's out there. We have, we want to go have fun. We want to chase the women or the women want to go chase the men. They go to the, to the club. We're going to the club. Shake your head. We're going to the club. So we do everything that we can do. And that's what Solomon had done. All we had to do, if we want to bypass all those roadblocks, read the book. He's already done it for us. And, and so, so here is Solomon. He should have been writing his dissertation here. He could have been going for his PhD because he had all the data and all he had to do. So he says, this is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God. Obey his commands. This is everyone's duty the whole duty of man the the word for commands here is duty it's obligation 
This is the summary of the whole thing. You don't have to go. So uh, so for you young people, if any young people are listening to this, you're trying to think how I'm going to find myself if I go out and, and, and do all these things. Bypass all that right here. Just go right here. It gives you the whole thing. You, you, you need summer, and, and it, it will save you some grief. It will save you a lot of money. It will save you a whole lot of, of wasted time, hangovers. You know, how many people drink it and on the weekend, and then the Monday morning they got a Monday morning hangover. So Monday's the day everybody calls in sick, right? Amen. So the request was, make me walk along the paths of your commands. And the outcome was when my, then it says, my happiness will be found. That word for happiness is the same idea in the book of Matthew where he says, blessed. Blessed means what? Happy. So he says, my happiness will be found. My happiness is going to be found when I walk in his commands. When I walk in the duties that he has given me. The next one, verse what? 36. He says, give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Now, this was a tough one. You remember Jesus had that young man, the rich young ruler who came to him and said, uh, Master, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And this was a man who had everything. He was rich. He was a young ruler who had everything. And Jesus says, oh. what does the law say? It said, uh, and he said, uh, all these things I've done from my youth. And what lack I yet? He said, what else do I need to do? I've done all these things. And Jesus says, okay, well, you know, there's one little small thing that you, you might want to do. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And, you know, this is the thing about money. He doesn't say here, uh, rather than... Uh, have money he says rather than love money there's a difference between the scripture says that the love of money is the root of all evil it didn't say money is the root of all evil it says the love of money what does that mean it's okay to have money but it's not okay when the money has you that's the difference so he says give me an eagerness for your laws rather than for money. So when he waited, this psalmist weighed the, 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 the money thing. And this was, he had money. But he waited on a scale. And this is one. here's money and here's your law. And the law outweighed the value of the money. I'm going to show you something here. This is, this is very interesting. So, so the word here for uh, the scripture is laws. <coughs> and the word for, and that word for laws means admonitions admonitions are warnings he says give me an eagerness for your warnings your admonitions rather than the love why do we want uh, to to have a love for uh um uh, what's the word for warn why do we want to be warned Yes, I want to be warned I want to know what I shouldn't do I want to know what's going to get me in trouble I do want to know that he says, give me a love for this, an eagerness for this. So that was his request. Give me eagerness for your word rather than a love for money. Matthew six nineteen says, don't store up treasures in heaven where moth does corrupt and uh, 
burglars break in, thieves break in and steal. Rather, store up what? Treasures in heaven where none of these things can happen. So the request was give me eagerness for the law. And the outcome was that I don't have a, a, a zeal or a, a covetous attitude toward things. That's the outcome. So then the, the, we got a few more to go. Verse 37 says, turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. So the word here for scripture is actually the word word. This word, though, means the road I take, the, the way I go. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word, your path, the direction that you're sending me. Give me life in the way that I go. The, the, the proverb says there is a way that seems right to a man. It seems right. It looks right. Why does it seem right? Because everybody else is going that way. You follow the crowd and it's going to take you where the crowd is going. But remember what Jesus said about that. He says that broad is the way and wide is the gate that does what? It leads to destruction. Following the crowd will lead you to destruction. He said, but, and he said, many are going in that way. So the majority is not always right. Following the crowd is not always the best way to go. But he says, straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to what? To life. And few go in that way. How many want to be among the few rather than the crowd? Amen. Okay. So the, so the word is law. It means warnings. The request was give me an eagerness to find the warning signs. We want to find the warning signs. Warning signs are there to protect us. A warning sign, it says narrow or winding road ahead. I want to know that before I get on the road. Before I go over the cliff, Right? So the request was give me an eagerness and the outcome was that I don't have a love for money. 37. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. That word for, wait a minute, didn't I just say that one? I think I just said that one. Okay, so reassure. Okay, let's go to 20, 30, 38. All right, 38. Reassure me of your promise. Made to those who fear you. Reassure me of your promise. The word for scripture here is promise. That word promise means the spoken word. The utterance. In the beginning God did what? He said. He spoke. And there became. The utterance. The, the oral word. We want to hear the word of God. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. Now listen, faith can come all by hearing a lot of stuff. You can have faith in the things of the world. You have, the, you have faith in channel 7, channel 4, channel 2, and everything they say, and you believe it, and you live by it. Because you have faith in those stations. You have faith in the things that they're saying. 
The, the world lives by faith just like we live by faith. The difference is we live by faith in the word of God. The word of God is, is not the ways of the world. It's not the ideas of the world. Matter of fact, John says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For the love of the, uh, the lust, love the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are not of the Lord, but of the world. So there is a way that seems right, but the end thereof are the ways of death. But Jesus says something in John 14. He says, I am the way. I'm the way. I'm the truth and the life. So the, the request was turned, let me see where I'm at, reassure. The request was reassure me of your spoken word, your utterance. And the outcome, reassurance means that you had assurance, you somehow lost it, and you want it back. So the outcome is assurance. There's a song that says, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. I want to have assurance. I don't want to think I'm saved. I don't want to have a question mark. I'm not quite sure I'm saved. I don't want to walk around thinking, you know what, I do the best I can, so maybe I'm saved. I want assurance of my salvation. 1 John 5, 16. It says, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. Now, that's assurance. When you can walk around and say, I know I'm saved. I didn't say I was perfect, but I'm saved. I know in whom I believe. I know Jesus died for my sins on that cross. I know I'm saved because I trust that he did it all. The power hour this morning, Brother Chucky was bringing up that whole thing on the cross where he says, it is finished. He said, to telestai. That means it's paid in full. I don't owe anything. And even if I did, oh, I couldn't pay it back. So thank God it's signed, sealed, and delivered. Amen. So the request was reassure me, and the outcome was assurance. 39 says, help me abandon my shameful ways. Help me abandon my shameful ways. For your regulations are good. So this word for the word for the scripture is what? Regulations. That word means verdict. Like in a courtroom. It means the decision of the judge. In a courtroom. Help me abandon my shameful ways for your verdict is good. How do we know God's verdict is good? Because God is good. God is good. And he's a righteous judge. We don't have to worry about going before the, this judge and he's not going to uh, do the right thing. He's not going to give me the right verdict. And guess what God uses as his, his measuring device, measuring stick for what's good? 
He look, he uses the word. You see why he gave us the word? What does it mean? When I say the word, he says he spoke and everything it came to be. There was, there was nothing and all of a sudden everything was there. The same way that he spoke everything into existence, we have what's called the word of God on paper. It's God has spoken to us and it has been put in, put on paper and we call it the Bible. We got 66 love letters in the Bible because this whole thing is about John 3:16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Okay, wait a minute. I've been here all these years and I ain't perished yet. What do you mean perish? Because these are the questions that people will ask you. They don't get that. They don't understand that this is not it. This life is temporary. This life, you're going to be in this life for so many years. What happens after that? See, people don't believe that. They don't want to believe there's a life after this life. I thank God Deborah O'Keen knows about that. I was listening to a song. I was listening to a song this morning and it said, um, I'm, you know, you know, you don't know. It said something about you don't, if you, oh, it says, if you only knew. She's, she's, see, it says, I am walking the streets of gold now. There's no more pain where I'm at. Deborah's not in pain no more. Zapati's not in pain no more. They're walking around heaven, and you know what they're doing? They're, Zapati's not deformed anymore. Zapati can see, she can swallow, she can drink. All our loved ones, you know, when I get there, I'm going to see my mother. My mother couldn't think. She, was, she had dementia, but when I get there and I see her, my mother be in her sound mind. This is, this is where we're headed. This is why the word of God is so important. Why it's so valuable. And I got one more. I think Did I just do 39. Okay. So the, the, the request was to help me abandon my shameful ways for your decisions. Your verdicts are good. And the outcome was that I abandoned my shameful ways. Abandon the shame and the guilt that comes with sin. Romans 7, 24 and 25 says, Oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And that's the question that, that Paul was asking, but he had the answer. He says, I thank God. The answer, I'm reading the New, New Living says, Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the answer. And the last verse says, I long to obey your commandments. Renew my life with your goodness. Praise God. The word here for scripture is commandments. That word actually takes all those other words and balls them up into one big ball and it becomes the law, the whole law, all of it. So the request was, I long to obey 
your commands. You know, when you can't obey and you want to obey, that's your problem. There you there you seeing the symptom of the problem of sin. Paul says the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. And he says there's a there's a wrestling match within me going on. The, the old man wants to have its way. The new man of Jesus Christ's spirit wants to have its way. So which one's going to win? That's the question. You have two natures. You have the old man, the old nature, and you got the new nature the, where Christ came into, into your life and you became a Christian. Which one of those is going to lead your day? Which one this morning did you say, okay, you take over? Did you talk to the Lord today? Because if you talk to the Lord in the morning, if you make God your priority in the morning, and you get up and you say, Lord, lead me like a shepherd, lead me. If you let him lead you, then you will be able to do the things that please God. You don't have to worry about doing those things that make you feel shame and make you feel guilt. Because Paul said what? No longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. He loved me and gave himself for me. Isn't that a blessing? So the word was commandments. It means the whole law and the outcome was obedience. Then he says, renew my life with your goodness. Renew me. Renew me. Make me over, Lord. Amen? Matthew twenty two thirty six 36 says, teacher, which is the, did I read this already? No, I didn't. Which is, the mo- which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? We were talking about that this morning. And he says, you must love the Lord your God. With all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the law. He, Jesus, he says, Jesus said, in, the, in these two verses, hold all the law and the prophets. So that word for, uh, uh, that we just, commandments, means all the law. So what Jesus says, two verses, two commandments. You don't need all of those 613 laws in, the, in Mo, of Moses anymore. The problem's still there, though. How do we do that? How do we love the Lord thy God with all? How do I love my neighbor as, my, as myself? How do I do it? I still need help through Jesus Christ. We just read it because Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. What he is saying is the same question, that, is the same problem we find ourselves in. We don't know how to do it. I want to do it, but I can't. That's what the law was designed to do. It was to show you that you can't. And then by showing that you can't, then what you do? Put them up. Put the hands up. Surrender. The minute you surrender, then he comes to your rescue. And he comes and he takes it in he takes control of your life. You when you surrender, you're saying, I agree with you, Lord, I can't do this. Because that's what he's been telling you the whole time. You can't do it. So you can't do it. But he said, I have already done it. I already did it. I paid the price for you. I am the I got on the cross for you. I got tortured for you. When God looked at Jesus on the cross and all those people that passed by saw Jesus be suspended between heaven and hell. Between, between heaven and earth. They saw what God sees every day when he sees sin. 
It's ugly. The Bible says Jesus was unrecognizable. He was beaten to a pulp. He was his, even if his mother hadn't been there to see him get beaten, if his mother hadn't been there to see them put that thing on his the, the crown of thorns on his head and him bleed, she would not have recognized her own son. But that's what God sees every day when he sees sin. It's a stench to his nostrils. And that's why Jesus, when he died, he rose from the grave. And when he rose, it says he took the sins and he cast them so far away because he couldn't stand the smell of it. Where am I? Here I am. Love the Lord with all. Exalt him. Worship him. That song says his name is wonderful. Isn't it something? When we look at how do we know how wonderful he is except through his word. It's his word that that lets us know. Psalm 138 verse 2 says I will bow down and worship toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your, your word together with your name. He's magnified the word together with his name. Verse 11 of, of the psalm, same psalms. Verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. That word for, for, for hidden means treasured. It means reserved. You reserve his word inside of your heart. Why? Because there's coming a time when you might need it. You're going to need the word to, to help you. And that, how many have ever have been in a situation and you didn't know what to do. And then you thought, "What I want to do it this way. But then the word came up. The word rose up and then your whole demeanor just changed. Your whole direction just swerved and you didn't do what you, you, you didn't do what you usually would have done. You did something totally opposite. And after you did it, you were looking, think, scratching your head, thinking, why did I do that? Because the word of God rose up in you. That's what it does. I have hidden, I have treasured that word. Psalm 119, the same psalm, same verse, same chapter. Verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. Why we need a light to our path? You only need light when there's darkness. You don't need the light when when it's daylight. You need it, though, when it's night because the nighttime is when it's darkest. You need the word. You need, just like in, in, the, in the natural, you need light to show you the way in the nighttime. You need the light in dark times of your life. There's dark times in life. Every time, we, right now, we, we're experiencing grief in our hearts. We're experiencing heaviness. And we need the word. What does the, what does the word tell you when you have heaviness? It tells you that the Lord is there. He's the God of all comfort. He's the God of strength. When I'm weak, he becomes strong. Every time I have a lack in any aspect of my life, he comes in and he fills that gap. When you need, he- when you need healing, 
That's what he becomes. He becomes your healer. When you don't have food on the table, he becomes your provider. When you don't have peace in your life, you got chaos around you, he becomes your peace. Everything that he needs, that we need, he becomes. The word of God, we have to take that word and we just like we have to eat three meals a day or two meals a day or how many meals you eat. Every day you eat. Every day you need the spiritual food. Every day you need it. You need to eat it and you have to digest it. And you have to store it away for later to give you energy, to give you direction. This is what Jesus is. This is who he is. This is what he does. That song, I love that song. And as I wrap this up, it says Waymaker. He's my Waymaker. That song says Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. My God, that is who you are. Amen. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Right? He's the lifter of my head. He's my strength when I am weakest. He's my sheep, my shepherd that leads me when I am lost. He says he leads me. He says, I like it what he says. He says he makes me lie down. And he makes me lie down because if he don't make me, I won't do it. But that goes to show we have to be obedient to God. We have to do as God says because he's going to make us rest. We need rest. Then he says he leads me besides what? Peaceful waters. Peaceful water. The sheep will not drink from a flowing stream that's going fast. They won't drink. So he has. To, so the shepherd goes and puts a dam and dams it up to slow it down so the sheep will drink the water. That's what God will do in your life. Get out of here. Praise God. I am done. And the, 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 the woman is coming up here to play some music. The woman. <laughs> I surrender. God bless you this afternoon. If there's anybody that needs prayer, you can stand now and we're going to pray with you and pray for you. If there's anybody that feels like they want to know God in a real way, they want to know why and mo- know more about this word of God and know about this word of God that talks about the son of God, Jesus Christ. You, we're going to pray for you too. And I know there are people that are ill and that need prayer for sickness. and uh, People are probably having issues with money because the economy. People are having problems. Just making ends meet. We're going to pray for all of that. Because we have a God who meets every need. He's a good, good father. Amen. Praise God. We're going to let the musician give us a little bit of music real quick, and then we're going to pray. All to Jesus, I surrender
Father, this afternoon, we're just thankful today, God, because you've been so good. You've been so kind. You've been so loving. You've been so patient. You've been so merciful. God, we can't thank you enough. If we had a thousand tongues, we wouldn't have enough. So you have angels in you, or surrounding you that do it for us as all day and night they round the throne saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of your glory. So, Father, we just say thank you today. We thank you for how you have blessed your people. You woke us to see this day, God. And we thank you. This is a good day. It's a good day because this is the day you made. Oh, we thank you for a good day. Every day that you make is a good day. We thank you, Lord. Every day that we have our minds, God, is a good day. Every day, Lord, we find ourselves with health and strength is a good day. Every day, God. But the days when we don't have enough, the days when we have pain in our bodies, the days when we're afraid because we don't have answers, God, you're still good. You're still God. There's no one like you. There's no one beside you. Without you, we can do nothing. But with you, all things are possible to them that believe. And so, God, we thank you. And for those that are here, those on Zoom and on Facebook Live, those, Lord, that are in none of those venues but yet need you, God, we call on you tonight, today. We thank you because your, your word is not bound. We're thankful, Father, that you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us the power that you gave to us Lord look on the sick today God. look on those that need various things those that need money to pay that bill Lord look on those who need food in the cupboard look on those whose children are behind bars and they don't know what to do look on those God whose children have mental diseases and physical diseases Look on those, God, who are worried about those family members' sicknesses. Look on those that are taking care of their elderly parents, those that are taking care of needy children, God. Oh, God, give strength today. You're the God who strengthens us. You're the God who meets every need. You're the God who provides. You're the God who heals. You're the God who gives us peace in the midst of the storm. We're thankful today, God. We're thankful that you showed us even when we're in the fire, in the midst of the fire. You're there, right there with us, God. And not a hair, not a hair of our head will be singed because you're there. When the storms are raging and when the, when the rivers rise and we don't know what to do, God. We feel like we're drowning. God, you'll raise us up. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've done. We're thankful for what you're going to do. Oh, God, thank you for the day. As this day was, you said our strength would be. And we thank you for giving us strength for the day. But, God, as we prepare to leave this place, we know, Lord, you have already gone before us. You've already prepared the way for us. And, God, you're going to meet us. Even as you meet us right where we are now, you're going to meet us in our final destinations in the day. So, Father, we thank you for being there, waiting for us. We thank you, Father. You say you'll never leave us, nor forsake us. And so we thank you. We thank you for how you love us. 
We can't even understand how you love us. But we know, Lord, your, your, your love is unconditional. You don't love us because we're good. You love us because you just love. We thank you for those that are here. We thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for the seeds that have been planted, the seeds that are being watered, the fruit that's going to become forth, that you get the glory. We love you today as best we know how, Lord. Continue to bless us. Bless the offering box on the wall. Bless the food that has been prepared, the snacks that are in the room. Bless those hands that came up here early in the morning and prepared it. God, add a blessing, add a blessing, add a blessing, God. Look on our families today, God. Look on our wayward children. Look on our marriages today. God, you're able to heal. We thank you for what you've already done. You've healed relationships. You've healed marriages. You've healed people that are behind bars. You've you've given them what they really are looking for. They find themselves, Lord, with a loss of their freedom. But they found you while they were behind bars. And they find that they're behind bars, but they're free indeed. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And so, Father, we go with you in mind. And we love you today. Thank you, Lord. We ask these things. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. God bless you. Praise God, you're dismissed.